Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 10 of the Hang Time with Halgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Halgerson. If you're new, thanks for listening. You know, I've been away for a while, but I'm ready to get back into it right now. And uh, this is how it usually goes. I pick five uh, big current events that are happening in sports right now and talk about those and give you an unpopular opinion at the end. We're going to dive right into it. Topic number one that I want to get to. In a previous episode, I talked about uh, NFL win totals, and I just went over what the win totals were for each specific team. Now, I want to give my predictions on what I think some over-unders will be for all the teams in the league, but I'm going to do this a little differently. I'm going to go by division, and uh, we're going to just run it down through the division, just pick four teams. We're going to go slowly but surely to keep that content high, and... um, you know, we're going to see what these over-unders are for the team. I'll give you my pick on what, what it's going to be. And uh, the first division that I want to talk about is the division that has my favorite team in it, the Chicago Bears and uh, the NFC North. And it's, um, you know, I, it's a tough division for sure. Bears, Packers, Vikings, and then you got the abysmal Lions, I know. But the, those three teams at the top, it's tough. It's tough sledding right there. And we're going to get right into it with the Bears, my team first. Their over-under for the year is what their record was last year. It's eight. Eight wins. And that's a tough number. And I, ju- I just don't believe in the quarterback situation there. The defense is one of the best in the leagues. We did bring in another cornerback. I guess we brought in some tight ends for the offense. I just don't know how this offense is going to go. Bringing in Nick Foles, I assume he's going to be the starter because Trubisky just does, really does not have it. Really just is not a guy who can get it done as a starter at the NFL level, in my opinion. I just don't think Trubisky's about it. So I think Nick Foles will end up winning that starting job. And uh, I haven't seen him be good outside of the city of Philadelphia. And I know it's the same coaching staff, same offensive system that he won with in Philly. But I just... For some reason, I just can't get my head around Nick Foles being that successful with this Bears offense. Uh, frankly, I got to see it. I have to see him win outside of Philadelphia because, remember, he left Philly. He went to the Rams. He was awful. He ended up going back to Philly, went on that crazy Super Bowl run as the backup. And then he went to Jacksonville, and he was hurt, and he... He was outplayed by Gardner Minshew. No disrespect to Gardner Minshew. You know, young rookie, he came in, played solid. But, gosh, Nick Foles just, he looked atrocious. And now the Bears bring him in, and they made a trade for him. The Jags didn't even release him. The Bears traded for this guy. So, even with all that being said, though, this defense is that good, and we won eight games with Trubisky. And looking at their schedule here, it is the 13th toughest schedule in the NFL, the big teams that they play, got to go against that NFC South. That's who, uh, that's the division that we're matched up against, and uh, it's a tough division. Also with the AFC South as well on the other end. But uh, tough games, you know, against the Bucks, the Saints, obviously got the Vikings in the division, and then we go to Atlanta, go to Los Angeles, and Green Bay. It's... Um, 
it's a tough schedule for the Bears, and they play the Texans as well. I just – they play the Colts too. It's, uh, it's not going to be an easy, easy season for the Bears. They're going to have to earn every victory. But with that being said, I do think the Bears will get the over. I see this team winning more than nine games. The defense is too good, led by Mack. It's just, I believe in the defense. I believe the defense can keep us in games, and if Foles can figure out this offense and actually have some remote success, that the Bears can win nine games. Even ten. You know, let's not forget, they were just in the playoffs two years ago with Trubisky as the starter. The defense is unbelievable. I really believe in this defense. So I'm going to believe in my Chicago Bears. I'm going to be an optimistic fan going into this season. The Bears, they're going to get the over. Second team in the NFC North that we'll get to is the Green Bay Packers. They were just 13-3 and last year. They were one game away from the Super Bowl. Yes, the 49ers trounced them in that NFC Championship game, but this team is still dangerous. Rodgers is still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Well, I, I still can't believe that they didn't set him up and bring in another offensive weapon for him to utilize, but this team wants to be uh, utilize that run game. And uh, But you still got Aaron Rodgers, and it's the Packers' 15th toughest schedule. You know, like the Bears, they, you know, like it is. They play NFC South in the AFC South. And um, let's see, they got to go, they get the Falcons, Bears, obviously, and Eagles at home, and then they got to go to the Saints, they got to go to the Bucks. they got to go to the 49ers on the road. That's not easy. And they also got Tennessee at home. They were a playoff team. Once again, they play the Colts on the road for that. They play the Vikings and the Bears twice. It's um, it's it's not an easy schedule. You know, it might say, you know, middle of the pack in 15, but, you know, it's a tough schedule. But, you know, they won 13 games last year. Their over-under is nine. I firmly believe that the Packers will win more than nine games. And good Lord, I do not like the Packers as an organization, but I respect them. They beat the Bears year in, year out. Uh, I don't know why their number is so low. Nine seems a little low, and I understand, you know, they didn't bring in any really offensive weapons to help out, but I would just think, gosh, they were just one win away from the Super Bowl. Vegas has them low, real low at nine. So, uh, you know, I'm going to say they're going to win over nine games. They're going to win over nine games. So that's already two double-digit win teams in that NFC North. The Vikings, you know, Vegas isn't making this easy. They're going to say it's a race to the top because the Vikings are projected for nine wins, over under at nine, and um, 10th toughest schedule, so a little tougher than the other two. They got to go to New Orleans. They got to go to Tampa. They got Dallas. Uh, hmm. That's uh, they're at Seattle, at Houston, at Indianapolis. Whew, that is that's a tough schedule, but they're a good team. They went ten and six last year. It's just you know Kirk Cousins isn't that superstar quarterback, but he gets the job done. He does what needs to be done. As far as big games, that remains to be seen. Maybe he can turn the corner this year. It's, um, gosh. You know what? If it's at nine, I'm going to say push. I'm going to go push with the Vikings. Ten and six last year. 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to win nine games. It's a tough schedule. It's a real tough schedule. You know, they, they're lucky they get to play Detroit twice. They get to play the Jags. They get to play Carolina. But all the other games are tough. There are no other easy games on their schedule. So they're going to be in a lot of close games, as I think most of these teams, as I think all three of these teams, Bears, Packers, Vikings, are going to be in some dogfights this year. They're going to have some of the best games this NFL season, in my opinion. It's going to be... It's going to be a tough division to win, that's for sure. And the final team, (laughs) yeah, I I was thinking about it earlier. This is a question for another day, but I want to bring it up now. Are the Lions the worst organization in sports? Like, when you really think about it, are they the worst organization in sports? When have the Lions been good? I know Stafford's hurt all the time, but even so, when he's healthy, he's, you know, been inconsistent and... It's just, he's got a big arm. He's got all the talent in the world, but they don't put pieces around him. Calvin Johnson had to retire early because his body couldn't take the wear and tear because they abused him. At, and he, I think he's top five wide receiver ever. But, gosh, he, he was abused. And that's why he had to retire early, and unfortunately. And just like Barry Sanders, he had to retire early. And they didn't do him any favors. Barry Sanders, no playoffs. Megatron, no playoffs. It's... I really think they might be the worst organization in sports. I'd really got to go and look at it to see who else is in contention with that. But anyways, regardless of that, Vegas has them at six and a half wins. And that seems a bit high. And I know they didn't have Stafford last year. Three, they were three and 12, three and 13, excuse me. And I just, I, I don't see it. I, I really, really don't. I don't see them getting over seven wins. I don't see them getting to seven wins. I, j- I, can't, I can't fathom that. The Lions? And, you know, I like Patriot coaches, but they have a hard time winning outside of New England. So I'm still, I'm still not sold on Patricia. Excuse me. The Lions were 13-12-1 last year. They had a tie against the Cardinals early in the year. So my mistake there for all you Lions fans. But they finished the season on a nine-game losing streak. And like I said, Stafford was out. You know, obviously they weren't going to be that great. But I don't see it. I don't see them getting to seven. I'm going to go the under on the Lions. So to run it back, Bears over-under was at eight. I'm going to take the over. Packers. We're at nine. I'm going to take the over. Vikings were at nine also. I'm going to take a push on that. I think they will get nine wins. And then I got the Lions. They're six and a half. I'm going to take the under there. So by those calculations, top two teams in that division will be the Bears and the Packers. And until I see the Bears actually beat the Packers, it just never happens. Rodgers goes God mode every time he plays the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to say the Packers win the division, but I like the Bears' defense. Just please, just beat Rodgers for once. Just beat the Packers for once. You can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you, Chicago. Just figure it out on the offensive end. That's the weakness, is that offensive end. But they won eight games last year, so... I got the the Packers in first, Bears in second, Vikings in third, Lions rounding it out. So there's your NFC North over-unders. Second big topic of the day. 
got to be that return of the NBA. It's officially announced, and I'm really excited because I live here in the greater Orlando, Florida area, and that's exactly where the entire NBA is coming to, except for eight teams. The NBA approved 22-team format to restart the 2019-2020 season July 31st at the Walt Disney World Resort at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex out there at Disney, and they're going to play all the games there. It was voted 29-1 to um, for approval. The only team that didn't vote for it was the Portland Trailblazers, and apparently the only reason they voted against it was they said they only want 20 teams. That's understandable. You know, the Suns have no chance of making the playoffs, yet they have to go all the way out there. But we'll just run down the teams that all get the honor of playing at the Walt Disney World Resort in front of no fans, but I'm still very excited for it. Hopefully I'll be able to go. I won't be able to go. No one will be able to go. But one can dream. A boy can dream that maybe they'll allow fans towards the NBA Finals. One can dream. But the teams that are making it out, obviously we'll start with the Eastern Conference. So you got the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and the team that gets to join them to possibly catch them for a playoff spot is the Washington Wizards. And the rest of the teams are out west. You got the Los Angeles Lakers, you got the Nuggets, you got the Clippers, you got the Jazz, you got the Houston Rockets, Excuse me. Thunder are ahead of the Rockets. They got the five seed and then the Rockets. Then you got the Mavericks at seven. Then you got Memphis at eight. And then four, five teams, five teams that have a chance. Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, the reason that the Suns and the Spurs are able to join them is because they wanted all of it to be, with, if you're within six games of that eight seed, because how they're doing it, they're going to go eight regular season games and then go into the playoffs. So I like that. Give them a chance to warm up, get their rhythm, play together, and give teams a chance to possibly make a playoff run. Portland's three and a half games out. New Orleans, three and a half games out. Sacramento, three and a half games out. San Antonio, four games out. They got a tough hill to climb with no LaMarcus Aldridge joining them. But they're going to be tough competition for sure because it's Greg Popovich-led team. But three and a half games for the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings to catch the Grizzlies. And then we got play-in games possibly. Anything could happen in eight games. In eight games, especially with the unknowns of training camp, getting the rhythm, figuring it all out. It's... uh, We're going to make predictions later. We'll make predictions later once we get a little closer to it. The announced date for when they're going to play is July 31st. That'll be the first day, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. I'm very excited to see how they're going to work this out as far as playing the games and what they're going to do and how things shape up. I still really only believe that like five teams can actually win the NBA Finals, but it's going to be very exciting to see how all this plays out because I think there's going to be a a little more upsets than there usually are in the NBA playoffs just because these are unprecedented times. We've never seen something like this before. It's unfathomable what we're about to watch. 
how they're going to decide the eight and nine seed. There'll be a play-in tournament. And if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth, in that case, the number nine seed would need to beat the number eight seed twice to turn the playoff berth, while the number eight seed would need one win from the two potential games. So anything can really happen here. Anything can really happen. It's, it's just, this is crazy. And it's all happening at the Walt Disney World Resorts, which is just a short 30 miles away from where I live here in Orlando. And very exciting. The league also offered dates to be on the July 31st, October 12th season window with the draft lottery set on August 25th. So it will be taking place while the season is going on. The NBA draft will take place right after the season uh, concludes if it were to go all the way to that game seven of the NBA finals. It'll be on October 15th and the 2020-21 season will likely begin December 1st and then free agency could begin October 18th with training camps starting November 10th. So pretty quick turnaround as far as the season goes but a month off, month and a half I think would be enough time to get into it. And besides, if they were to start the season on December 1st, it's going to change the whole calendar for the NBA moving forward. It it just will. And, you know, if guys need to start the season, you know, a little slower than usual, you know, I'm okay with it. But this 22-team format is going to be really exciting uh, moving forward, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. And don't worry, predictions are coming soon. Coming real soon. Anyways, third thing that I got to get to, it's got to be the MLB plan to return and the most updated thing. So the report today was that the MLB offered a 76-game season um, with a breakdown of 75% pay of the prorated salaries, and then they would get more of it uh, if playoffs were to happen from the TV revenue. Baseball and Apparently, the most recent reports of that was the Players Association turned down that offer and thought it was even more disrespectful than the original offer. Baseball, you got to figure this out. you got to figure this out. Every other league is trying to get something done. The NBA has already announced what they're doing. It's already been voted on. It's already been approved. They've already made things happen. Hockey, they already have a plan outlined. They just need to find the venue. They just need to find the place to do it. At least they're trying to get things done. And it's not because of money. The NFL, they plan to have a season. College athletics is a little different, but all these major leagues and sports are trying to figure it out. NASCAR's already going. UFC, already going. Golf, just a matter of time before they're back up. All these leagues are trying to get something done, but the MLB is dragging their feet. And I understand the Players Association and the owners don't want to budge on where they're at because They already have as much power as they possibly do. And if they give an inch, they're just giving up that much more of the power that they're not going to have, especially with this collective bargaining agreement that they already have will end at the end of the 2021 season. So at this point, no one's no one's budging. And maybe it's a good thing that all these plans are getting rejected because it just is going to figure out more and more what exactly is going to happen with the season and it will decide how pay will break down and what they will manage to agree upon. But baseball, you got to play a season. You just have to. It's going to be such a bad look for your sport if you're the only league that decides to not play 
and it, it's not of health concerns. It's strictly money. And that's what this is. It's strictly money. The players want their money. Yep, they put the product on the field. Owners, they feel they should get their share because they provide the facilities and all things associated with that. But come on, figure it out. This is a terrible look for baseball. And this was a pivotal, pivotal season. Baseball is losing viewership. Not as many people were going to baseball games either. If, if they don't figure it out, baseball could be forgotten. And the later we get in the calendar year, with all these sports that will be coming back up and starting, baseball will be an afterthought. Baseball will be completely forgotten about. If they plan on playing a 50-60 game season, and that's going into September and October, and I know the MLB is set that they want the final regular season game to be September 27th, and it's good that they're setting a date for that. But we're June 8th. The more we keep going down on this calendar, the less games they're going to have, the less games they're going to be able to play. And that's just, it's going to be very detrimental to the sport. It's going to be very detrimental because NBA is going to be going at the same time. NHL's hoping that they get going at the same time. It's, NFL's just around the corner. It's, it's going to be terrible for baseball. They got to figure it out. You really do. And I'm a huge fan of baseball, which is a rarity nowadays. No one cares about baseball. You're lucky you got the viewership you got. You need to do as much as you possibly can to keep people interested in the game. And what people aren't interested in when people are losing their jobs, don't have work, the social unrest that is going on right now, people do not want to hear you bicker about the millions of dollars that you're going to lose from your already million dollar contracts. They don't want to hear that you're going to lose that much money. It's people don't care. People don't want to hear it. People don't have time for it. People will completely forget about you. The customer is the most important thing. Even baseball fans are, are, are getting fed up with this. I've talked to many people who are just like, well, baseball can't figure it out. Well, I'm not going to pay attention. They're just greedy. They're just greedy on both sides. The owners are greedy. The players are greedy. And I understand it. You want to stay firm. You want the power that you have. And you got to maintain that power, especially going into a collective bargaining year. But gosh, that 94 season where they didn't play was detrimental to baseball. They're just lucky that they allowed players to do steroids and weren't drug testing them until 2003 and allowed Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds to just carry summers of hitting home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Nowadays, it's not like that. There's not something that can just all of a sudden rejuvenate baseball other than them playing games and getting the focus on it and making pivotal baseball matter. But it's not looking like that. Yet somehow I'm hearing all these plans get denied, but the reports say that it's likely they'll have a season. I think there's something with the already collective bargaining agreement that Major League Baseball could just be like, all right, we're playing this amount of games and you have to live with it so we have a season. And no base, some baseball is better than no baseball. I 100% believe that. But you got to do something that is at least enjoyable to, to the fans, whether it's I don't know. It's got to be extended playoffs. No matter what, it's going to be extended playoffs. I've heard some things where they might go as high as 16 games or 
16 teams, excuse me, or 14 teams. They got to do something crazy and something that could be entertaining to watch because if baseball, if you don't have a season, it's going to be disastrous. And with the collective bargaining deal coming up, they could go with another work stoppage. And the players' union in Major League Baseball is the strongest sports union of all major sports by far. They have the most power. They have the most say with their absurd contracts and agents you know, feed it into the players that they're the most important thing. But come on, baseball, for the love of the game, please play some games. I want baseball to matter. I want people to care about baseball. And how many people you hear supporting baseball? Not many, but I want you to succeed, baseball. You need to succeed. Sports are better when baseball exists. But America's pastime? Not for much. Yeah, it's about to be past time for people to be caring about baseball because no one, no one's going to be caring if you don't play a season, especially going into the next season. No one's going to care. It's going to be a niche sport like NASCAR, golf. It's going to be only the diehards actually care about it, and the casual fans, they'll find other things to do. People are already figuring out other things to do while sports aren't going on. They'll find something else to do if baseball doesn't manage to have a season and goes another year with not having a season. So baseball, please, for the love of God, figure it out. Get something done. Someone figure something out, please. Need it. I need baseball. Need it back. Fourth topic that I want to get to. You know, I'm not a big UFC. That's a lie. I like UFC. You know, I'm not going to say I know anything about technique. I just know those guys are modern-day gladiators that are willing to get absolutely punished out there. Those guys are warriors. Those guys just take an absolute beating, and it's entertaining to watch. Absolutely love watching it. The UFC is awesome. And I'm glad they got that deal with ESPN. You know, try and get it some more attention. And um, the big news out of the UFC, Conor McGregor retires. This is the third time Conor McGregor has supposedly retired. And I got to tell you, I I don't think he's retired. And here's the reason I don't think that. He's 31 years old. He's made this threat before. He tried to do this in 2016. With, uh, you know, he was going to fight. He was supposed to fight Nate Diaz. Said he retired. And then he fought Nate Diaz. He announced it, what, uh, April 2016. And then came back and fought Nate Diaz in August and beat him. And then he retired again. And then fought Cowboy. And that was his last fight. If I remember correctly, I'm sure the timeline is all wrong. But I don't think McGregor's retired. I I just, I don't believe it. Or did he come out of retirement the second time to do that Floyd PR stunt where he thought he could box? And then he still happened to lose the fight and a year later still says that he could beat Mayweather if he had more training. And it's just like, oh my God, this guy, he's one of the best shit talkers on the absolute planet. There are a few people who can talk trash better than Conor McGregor. And that's why he's... One of the highest draws in the UFC ever, if not the highest draw. Every fight's a big fight. Everything is much watch. But, gosh, you gotta... I I don't know. I just don't... I just don't see him retiring. 
and I understand the times, you know, he said he's lost, you know, the joy of the sport. And that's all, you know, it's, it's not the same with there being no fans, but it's a little interesting because you can really hear the punches. You could really hear just the brutality that the guys are doing to each other and women are doing to each other in the, in the ring, in the octagon. And, you know, it's, it's violent and enjoyable and bloody for sure, but it, it is different with no crowd. But, and if that doesn't, if that's what get, got him hype and got him into it was the crowd and, you know, having the crowd cheer for him super loudly or boo for him to lose it, it could go both ways, but you know, I don't think he's retired. He's this is the second time he's done it. You know, McGregor is a beast. You know, twenty-two wins, four losses. You know, I don't think he's one of the greatest UFC fighters ever. I think he's one of the the biggest shows in UFC ever. But there's a difference between being a top five fighter ever and being one of the top five entertainers of the sport ever. You know, Chael Sonnen was an entertainer because he always talked shit to Anderson Silva saying he could beat him. And he ended up beating him once. But I, I, don't, I, don't, see, I don't see McGregor as a top five fighter. But then again, I'm not going to say I know anything about UFC as far as technique fighting. Not, the, what I know is the Joe Rogan podcast and him talking to Brandon Schaub uh, of the, the fight recaps. That's all I know. That's the only thing I know about the UFC. And for how much I listen to that, you know, that, that is what it is, but I'm not going to go on here and try and be like Stephen A. Smith and think that I can talk about a sport that I have no real knowledge and understanding of. And um, yeah, but I do enjoy the UFC, but I do not think Conor McGregor is going to retire. You know, he says he's retired. You know, he did nice little social media stuff, you know, saying you can do, you can achieve whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Yeah, that's great, McGregor, but you're not retiring. You know, you're stepping away from the sport because we're in unprecedented times. And um, that's what it is. We're in unprecedented times. And I'm sure he's not getting the fights that he wants because Khabib, you know, I'm sure Khabib already trounced him. And I'm sure Khabib is like, you need to beat other guys before you can come and fight me. Yeah, you beat Cowboy. But let me see you fight some other guys before you get another chance to go at me. And... Frankly, Khabib's story right now is crazy, but uh, I don't think McGregor's tired, retired. He's 31 years old. I just don't see it. He'll be back. He'll be back, UFC fans. Don't you worry. He'll be back. Fifth topic and the final topic that I want to get to today is with all this you know, protesting going on of Black Lives Matter and the injustices towards black people, you know, I think it's great that all of these athletes are speaking out and speaking their mind and getting out in the community and getting out in these protests and making their voices heard. Athletes have an influence on people. Athletes are role models right now. And I know Charles Barkley had that ad a while ago back in the 90s that said, I am not a role model. Well, guess what? We've made athletes role models. You're required to be role models because of your worth, that ethic, what you do in the public eye is very much scrutinized and they're role models. So for them to speak out and give their influence on certain topics that they care about is great. And it was what needs to be done. And I think it's fantastic that they're doing it. You know, I saw videos, Westbrook and DeRozan were out in Compton at a rally, 
you know, you just see it all over. J. Cole, you know, I know he's not in the NBA, but he was out in uh, – I can't remember where he's from at the moment, but he was out with Dennis Smith Jr. You know, you just see it. All these players are out and about. Giannis was out there. Just all these guys are get, making their voices heard, making their presence felt, telling people how they feel, telling them they're upset. You know, Stephen Jackson literally knew George Floyd. I'm glad he's speaking out and, you know, defending his brother and you know, doing what he's doing. Matt Barnes speaking out heavily. It's, I think it's very important that these athletes are speaking out, not even just the NBA, but the NFL guys, you know, calling out the NFL, calling out Drew Brees, and all of that, I, th- I think it's very important that these guys are making their voices heard. And, you know, you, you get these news pundits who are like, oh, they're athletes. What do they know? And it's like, you're a, what did you go? Jur- you went to school to be a journalist? Yeah, wh- what do you know that they don't know? Like, they, they grew up, most of these guys grew up with nothing. Frankly, they know more about the injustices of life than you and your rich silver spoon lifestyle that you grew up with and is that fair to the journalists i don't give a shit uh you know the nba guys they need to speak out and they need to speak up you know damian lillard was out there all these nfl guys are calling out the nfl nfl had a good response i think it's just great that they're all speaking out on something that's very important you know the injustices of black people and you know i I don't like to get too political I don't want to get too political on this podcast. That's not what I'm here to do. But I just need to say this. Black lives matter. And that's not to say all lives matter. But black lives matter because more injustices are happening to them right now. Hey, white people, guess what? Not a lot of injustices are happening to us. We don't have to worry about systemic racism because we caused that. And don't feel white guilt. You don't need to feel that either. Just understand that people are suffering. People are, it's trying times for people that aren't you. Listen to them. Listen to their cries. Listen to, you know, their stories. Listen to what they have to say. Just just take a step back. You don't have to always voice your opinion and be loud and try and be heard. Just listen to what other people have to say. Maybe take in a new point of view. But I'm going to say it right now. Black Lives Matter. And I can't believe that's such a controversial to say. And that's not even saying that all lives don't matter. But black lives matter. It's just, I just really don't understand why it's so difficult for some people to say that. Support the black community. They're struggling. They've been struggling for a long time. We need to be on their side. We need to help them. We need to lift them up as people. We need to step up and do our part to make the world a better place. And what would make the world a better place? Getting rid of the injustices that black people are going through and all minorities are going through. Just come on. Like, I don't understand why people have to make it so difficult. Support your fellow human. Get rid of this whole race idea. Race doesn't exist. We're all one race, the human race. And that's as political as I'm going to get on this podcast. 
that's, I, I don't, I don't want to go any further. I could go further with it, but I really don't want to because I want to keep this an enjoyable and something that's fun for people to listen to who are willing to listen to my sports takes and all the things that I care about with sports. It's like, if you want to listen, that's great. If you want to go listen to politics, go, go listen to NPR. Go listen to Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. If you want to go listen to that mainstream media crap, go right ahead. But... I'm here to talk about enjoyable stuff, so uh, I'm sorry if I got too political for you, but that's it. That's the politics. That's five players speaking out. Keep up the good work, you guys. You're doing great out there in the community. Keep making a difference. Keep making a difference. And how I want to end the show is uh, I usually do an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to do just that. And I've been getting into this argument a lot. And I just see a lot of this guy's highlights on and just the things that this guy did while playing were absolutely spectacular. But there's definitely an asterisk by his name. And this guy's name is Barry Bonds. And I guess my unpopular opinion with doing all this arguing, Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. And a lot of people think he should be, but I don't think he should. And the reason I don't think he should is because he tainted the game. He did steroids. Yes, that matters. He cheated the game. I don't think any guy who did steroids should be in Major League Baseball. You cheated. You cheated. And, you know, it always goes back to the old homage with people. It's like, well, he still had to go out there and hit the ball. Yeah, but maybe if he didn't do steroids and wasn't an asshole to the media, you know, he probably would have gotten to the Hall of Fame surefire. First ballot probably would have gotten – over 98% of the votes if he didn't do steroids. Bonds was a beast. You know, he already had three or four MVPs with the Pirates in his younger years with the Giants. And then he started having his balanced breakfast in the mid-90s, late-90s. And, you know, his head and shoe sizes went up as he was a grown man. And, gosh, it just, uh, I just do not see Bonds as a Hall of Famer. And I don't want to disrespect it too much because there is something that I do really love to do. Barry Bonds' stats are absolutely disgusting. They are video game numbers. And see, that's the thing. I can enjoy looking at these numbers even though he did steroids. Because I'll admit, steroids players are what got me into baseball. When I was a young, strapling lad back in the day, the player who made me fall in love with baseball was Sammy Sosa of the Chicago Cubs. He's still my favorite player ever. And he did steroids, and I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm reading his biography. It's a little older of a biography. It doesn't really talk about the later in life stuff. But Sammy Sosa was the reason I fell in love with the game. But I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame because he cheated. He did steroids. Yeah, the numbers speak for himself, as he'd like to say. He's one of the greatest power hitters ever. But you did roids. You cheated. You tarnished the game. You shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. If we're going to hold players up to that standard of if they cheated, they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And especially when it comes to Bonds, if we're going to... Bonds is the one. Bonds would be the only one that you could put in because his numbers were that much greater than what all these other guys on roids were doing. His numbers are the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. Seven MVPs. It's a record. Seven. Seven MVPs. Just think about that for a second. This guy, and he won four consecutive from 2001 to 2004. 
Seven MVPs? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I was just happy when Sosa won one. I was like, this is great. Sosa, getting us that MVP. Way to go, Sosa. And then you see, just see Bonds? Huh? Seven? Huh? Are you kidding me? That's not even the greatest thing. Uh, I'm just going to read off some of my favorite Barry Bonds stats. Because, you know, it's, this is the crazy part about it. I don't think he should be in the hall, but I do glorify the numbers. Because the numbers are the most insane thing I've ever heard. I'm a huge baseball stat junkie guy. And his numbers are the most insane thing. Speaking of that 2001 to 2004 run for Bonds, this man had a higher, oh my God, he had a higher war than organizations. Barry Bonds had a F war of 46.6. That's the same as the New York Mets organization from 2001 to 2004. And they went to a World Series in that time. If I'm not mistaken. No, no, I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken. Because 2001, it was the Diamondbacks against the Yankees. 2002 was the Angels against the Giants. 2003 was the Marlins against the Yankees. Don't like to talk about that year because it's the Cubs. And then 2004 was the Red Sox against, who did they beat in their glorious comeback? Uh, Cardinals. Uh, So uh, my mistake on that. But Bont, 46.6 war. Mets, 46.6. Milwaukee had a 45.3. Kansas City, 31. Tigers, 30.9. The Montreal Expos don't exist anymore, but it was a 30.7. This man had better statistical stats and things of that nature than entire organizations. Entire organizations. Absolutely disgusting. It's sick. In his career, Bonds was walked 2,558 times, which is better than second place Ricky Hernandez by 368 walks. This man walked 2,558 times. That's how many times he was walked. He was intentionally walked 688 times. Second place, Albert Pujols. And you know what his number is? Not even close. Bonds beats him by 392 free passes. Uh, Bonds was treated like no one has ever been treated. Buck Showalter intentionally walked Bonds with the bases loaded. It was late in the game. And he was like, you know what? I'd rather give up a run and cut into this and let them cut into the deficit than to allow the man to swing the bat. That's how dangerous Bonds was at the plate. Intentionally walk with the bases loaded? When? When? You see it sometimes when a guy just misses his spots as a pitcher. But when do you get intentionally walked with the bases loaded? Ugh, just unfathomable. In 2004, three years after Bonds hit his record 73 home runs in a season, he was walked 232 times with 120 coming intentionally. Both are single season records. In 2004, he reached base 376 times, but only had 373 official at-bats. People, do you understand that? I don't think people understand that who don't know baseball. He reached base more than he had official at-bats. I don't, I really, baseball purists and people who understand that, uh, like, are 
and drooling at the mouth when they hear that stat. It's the most unheard of thing ever. Reach base more than he had at bats. Huh? Huh? How? How? And you know what? He was a good defender, too. Four, uh, four Golden Glove Awards? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was young Bonds, though. He wasn't doing that when he was older. He was not doing that when he was older. But when he was young and spry, he could get it done in the outfield. I just... No one has more than three MVPs. Bond has seven. Seven. Seven MVPs. It just... They just keep going on. The list just keeps going on. There have only been 19 500 or better on-base percentage seasons in baseball. Bonds has four of them, including the two highest ever. This man, in 2004, had an on-base percentage of 609. That means out of 10 times he's going to the plate, he's getting on base six times. And just think about that for a second. In baseball, if you hit 300, you're a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of Famer. You're an all-star. You had a great career. You're going to be one of the best at your position at hitting if you are hitting 300. Bonds, and then you probably have an on-base percentage of, I don't know, maybe 400, maybe a little more than that, maybe a little less than that. That means you're only getting on base four out of ten times. This man's getting on base six out of ten times. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. I, just, I, I don't know what, what else there is to say. His stats are gaudy. Absolutely absurd. 26.3% of Bond's career plate appearances ended with a home runner walk. Ended with a home runner walk. 26% of the time this man's either hitting a home run or a walk. That's better than some people's batting average. Ah, it just, I I really just, his numbers are so great to look at. I got to tell you, they're absolutely incredible. And yet, saying all these numbers, telling you all these unbelievable things that he has done at the plate, he's by far the most feared hitter in baseball history. I'm, I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry, Hank Aaron. Barry Bonds is the most feared hitter ever. And yet... With that being said, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He cheated. He cheated, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court to prove he cheated. This man tried to say he ate a well-balanced breakfast. That's how he was able to get big. Yeah, his well-balanced breakfast was shooting up steroids and HGH into his ass to be able to hit the ball 500 feet. It just, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I for sure think if he didn't do steroids, he's 100% a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think that was the thing. I think it got to his head that Bonds was by far the best player in the league, best hitter in the league. You know, he's winning MVPs with the Pirates, and yet no one's talking about him. They're talking about Sosa and McGuire. Sosa and McGuire are actually getting a 30 for 30 that's coming out soon. And they were getting all the recognition. Bonds wasn't getting any credit. I'm sure it got into his head. He's like, well, why, why would I not do roids? It'll get me the recognition that I want. It'll get people paying attention to me. It'll get people talking about me. It'll put me in the spotlight. Because even with him not doing roids, he was a better hitter than those guys. But I, for some reason, he just had to shoot up 
had to get that juice. And for that, Mr. Barry Bonds, you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You just shouldn't. And that will be the end of episode 10 of Hang Time with Halgi. Thanks for listening. You know, I really appreciate it for all those out there. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep the episodes coming. I promise. I know I took a long layoff from the, this episode from the last one, but I promise episodes are going to be coming. So stay tuned. And on that note, peace. I'm out. Deuces. And don't forget, during this pandemic, wash your damn hands.